Hello. Welcome again. This is Pastor Deborah, and we are in another one of our Zooms, Words of Encouragement videos for you. Yeah, this is number 33 of the year 2022. I'm working through each week, so you will have a word of encouragement for the whole year. That's right. And when I finish this year, I'll begin 2023. You are so precious. You deserve to have a word of encouragement at least once a week from Pastor Deborah. Oh, there's so many other people out there bringing words of encouragement, posting wonderful sayings, showing videos. We all need encouragement from many sources. I'm just one, but this one comes out of the word of God itself. We're beginning, as I said, 33. This is going to be part number one of 33. It's going to deal with two parts. I want to give a first a big thank you to Zoom. That's the program that I'm recording in. And then to to Pixabay for this motion video. Now, if you notice, I don't use a green screen, so weird things happen around my hair or my hand might just sort of disappear. That's because there's no green screen. I've tried big ones, too big. Tried homemade ones, too cumbersome. Tried one attached to a chair, not big enough. So I hope you don't mind. I'm in my small living room, where I have two desks, three or four chairs, a wardrobe that's a closet, three bookcases, two sofas, television, more chairs, more tables. It's very crowded. And I have to pick a time when it's quiet. I have a husband and a dog. And today, it's quiet right now. But I like to record when it's quiet. So here I am. We're doing number 33, part one of the year 2022. It's entitled, Are You Blessed or Are You Ungodly? It's going to be from the scriptures out of the authorized King James Bible of Psalms 1, 1 through 6. And this part, number one, we're going to work through the scriptures one through four of Psalms one. Psalms was written by King David. It's in the Old Testament of the authorized King James Bible. It's the one I use because there's no commentaries from anybody, not a denomination, a religion, a doctrine, an individual that would slant it in any way. I am totally dependent on the Holy Spirit, my dictionary, and the Strong's Concordance. And even though I get definitions, I may not understand what I'm reading. So the Holy Spirit will use movies, art, songs, nature, circumstances, experiences, true stories I've read, movies I watch to help me 
to see what he, I need to know spiritually. He will use the natural world to help me understand the spiritual world. And then when I still don't get it, he will go slow with me. He desires for me to learn as he desires for you to learn. So let's welcome him in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for giving us your spiritual teacher of your words of spirit and life. Only he who is your spirit and is holy can help us to understand your words that are written in black ink, the stories that are written, the battles, the people, and help us to understand the spiritually hidden messages for us that are in your word. So we welcome him here today to help us as we work through this word of encouragement. Are you blessed or are you ungodly? We thank you, Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, your word made flesh himself. Amen. King David is speaking to us out of eternity. He's up there. But he wrote this down when he was here on earth. So it's good if you will write, maybe you journal, or you write biographies or stories. We might read about them later. Books or movies. Now it's on video and social media. We will hear from you long after you are gone. So King David is speaking to us with some knowledge and truth, with some wisdom from his God. Mm -hmm. And that is sort of King David speaking over there. See him? His words are coming out to us. Mm -hmm. From Psalms 1, 1 through 6. This God of the King James Bible was his Lord was his creator. David called him master, king, owner. And these are the words that God himself spoke to David. He was a, also played the lyre and would write songs. He would pray all the time, especially when he was young and a shepherd out in the fields at night, looking up into the stars, watching nature, Hearing God when it was quiet, watching the spiritual world around him through nature. God spoke to that young boy. And there's a great movie to help you to understand that. It's with Gregory Peck and Susan Hayward called David and Bathsheba. When David was a young, young boy, before he was ever anointed king, he knew God. He trusted God. He fought some guy named Goliath. And he stood and fought for the Lord. But then as he grew up and became a man, his eyes of lust kicked in. He saw this beautiful lady. I think she was naked on her rooftop bathing. Bathsheba. Now, she was already married to a guy named Uriah, but David's lust arose. He wanted her. And when you call somebody to the king, you go. So he took her, had sex with her, got her pregnant. And then he had to kill Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, 
who was in the army by friendly fire in order to have what his eyes lusted after. He was already married. He already had children. But the lust of the eyes was so powerful because he was out of place. He was supposed to be out in the fields with his soldiers in battle, not back in the castle, back in the Israel, back in the king's palace, bored. If he hadn't been there, he wouldn't have looked, but he was out of place. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. He wasn't defending the nation. He was seeking pleasure for himself, and it caused a whole bunch of trouble. So when you watch the movie, you'll see that trouble begin to bring on Israel. Bathsheba was going to be killed. The priest knew because he came because God told the priest, Nathan, what had done. There was a famine in the land. So Gregory Peck, who was playing King David, entered the Holy of Holies, bowed down before the Ark of the Covenant. He wasn't supposed to go in there. because That was the direct presence of God. And he asked God to kill the adult that he had become, that lustful man who killed Uriah and took Bathsheba and returned unto him the small child that he was out with the sheep as a shepherd. And it shows lightning came and the adult was killed. We all have these adults in our lives. Pastor Deborah had it, was named Jan. She has to die. And the small child in you that believes and was innocent and didn't look at people as sex has to come alive. And in the movie, you see this played out. God never talks to David. But God judged him as an adult, killed him, struck him down with lightning. David expected to die. But he went before the Lord and repented. He remembered his days as a youth, a child, and his love and relationship with this God. And when he walked out of the tent, a prophet said, God had heard David's prayers and answered them, and Bathsheba would live. And rain came down, and the drought was over. And people learned, but when you repent of your evil, wicked ways, God will bring blessings. But if you don't repent, people will die. The land is cursed because of you. Great movie to watch and to see the power of repentance and forgiveness and mercy. That something has to die that was evil and wicked. Pastor Deborah had that experience. Jan died on a cross in sight of Christ. She was evil. And you too must have that experience. So because King David had this, he could talk to his God, his Lord, his owner. And God would speak to him about being a blessed person versus an ungodly person. Psalms 1, 1 through 6. Blessed is the man, a person that walks and lives and acts, believes in the counsel, the wisdom, the knowledge, the truth, 
the righteous ways, the beliefs and the deeds, not in the ways of the ungodly. When David got up off the altar, the child Bathsheba was going to die. Now it's up in heaven, but death must occur to something. And it's sad when you sin, an innocent child will die. We see that every day in the news, little babies being shot by stray bullets in their cars, in their homes, sleeping. That's your evil wickedness, ungodliness, bringing death to an innocent person. When children are aborted, dissolved, cut up, cut out of the womb, your own evil actions of unbridled sex, the greed of the doctor and the scientist for that baby's parts and stem cells, an innocent one dies because of you and your ungodliness. But King David learned it. The blessed man doesn't walk that way, doesn't live that way doesn't think that way, doesn't believe that's right. He walks in the ways of the God of Israel, the king of the kingdom of heaven, the father of Christ Jesus himself, the Lord and owner of creation, the king, the great I am, the ancient one who was there from the beginning. He's the great Lord of deliverance. David in the movie got delivered of his evilness. But the Bathsheba's baby that was conceived in sin out of lust died because of the two adults. She, nobody really blames Bathsheba. She followed the orders of her king, even though she told him she was married to another. It all fell to David, the man, and that is still true today. God goes on and tells King David, blessed is the man that does not stand in the way of these evil beliefs and concepts and ideas, political parties, or aligns himself through voting or giving money or tweeting about ways or themselves, and doesn't join in their actions, their deeds, their riots, their marches, doesn't vote for them, cries in quiet prayer to the Lord for what a nation is becoming. The lawlessness of politicians. Mm -hmm. He's saying the blessed man does not do this. The blessed man does not follow in these actions, the ways of sin, deceit and betrayal, unlawful activities, doesn't hide what he's doing. He doesn't break the laws of God. And if you're asked by your nation to follow them and you're a leader and you don't, and you turn the other way for political gain or because Satan is telling you to do it, you're a lawbreaker. 
Oh, and you'll hide it and you'll get angry if we challenge you. Because what we're learning is you make the rules, but you don't follow them because you are different. You are the rulers and rulers don't have to follow the laws of like everybody else. David found that out. He thought he could get away with it all, hide that he had killed somebody, stolen somebody else's property, and lied to the people about it. But God spoke to Nathan, the prophet, and Nathan challenged him with a story about a man stealing another man's baby lamb and killing it. David pronounced judgment on that thief, said he should die. And Nathan said, you are that man, because David stole Bathsheba. She told him, I belong to another. But David didn't care. His lust and greed to have her and to have pleasure with her and to be comforted, because he was lonely, because he was not in his rightful place as the king of Israel. He was not out in the fields protecting his people. When you are bored or you're working sort of behind the scenes for another purpose, maybe your allegiance is to a political party, a platform, a person, and you don't even know why. They're really not for you. They're working for another behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And they get paid in houses, and money, in votes, in stocks. They become wealthy. They get anything they want, protection, all sorts of ways. But not us, not us normal average people. Hmm. Are they blessed? You might think they are, but they're not. They walk in the ways of the ungodly. So David goes on and says, we must follow the laws and the statutes, the ordinance of the righteous Lord, of the holy living God. Now, some people are so deceived and bewitched, they will tell you, I'm breaking the law in order to follow God's law. All these people that are breaking into your nation, crossing borders, coming in by boats, whatever they're doing. God will not let that happen into heaven. You cannot become a child of God that way. And if you try it, it ain't going to work. So an example of this is saying one believes in God of Israel and yet votes for a politician, a leader, school board teacher, school board mayor, a governor, or even a law that your state is trying to pass who supports ungodliness. Like what? Abortion. That baby's done nothing to deserve it. It's innocent. It didn't ask to be created. It has done no evil. It is a neighbor, and we're to love it and help it. Okay, maybe you don't want it. There's ways you can uh, carry the baby. If you don't want to be a mama, go have a hysterectomy. You're going to have all the sex you want. If you're a man, 
go ahead and have uh, taken care of. So you cannot put pass on any sperm called a vasectomy. And you can have all the sex you want. You won't produce children. But children are valuable. They are products to be sold, sacrificed for others to gain wealth, to gain it. the eye of the king of death himself. Mm -hmm. So the blessed person will not do that. He will ask God, does this line up with your laws of life and love your neighbor and you? And if he goes, no. Then you can't do it. You can't vote for it. You can't support it. You can't give money to it. Maybe you can't even go to work for that company just because you need a job. If you do, you become lawless and corrupt like the adult King David. And innocent people will die. Uriah knew nothing about Bathsheba. The baby that was produced by the sperm of David, the egg of Bathsheba, knew nothing. But they both died because of David's lust for sexual pleasure, the lust of his eyes and the lust of his flesh, his greed and his robbery of another's property. Innocent things die. Those who are not blessed, they sit in the seat of the scornful. This God of King David does not look with joy on your deeds, your thoughts. Remember, before you even do the deed, you had the thought, the concept, the belief that you could do it. In the Bible, we hear a story about some men that came to this young man named Jesus the Christ and asked him a question about adultery. He said, this woman has had sex with another, and she's married. Isn't she guilty and deserve to be stoned to death? Something like that. And he said, what about you who've had the same thoughts? And you looked at her, and you desired her. And in your own mind and thoughts, you had images of having sex with her, disrobing her. But you never acted on it. He said, from where I look and how I judge you, you've already done it in your thoughts. That's how powerful our thoughts are. Our images, our beliefs, our concepts, our principle. If you think it, you have done it. And God looks at your thoughts. And he just sees your physical actions as played out in the natural world from your thoughts. You carry that on to any politician before they do anything, make a vote. Mm -hmm. So he says the scornful, who are they? What are they? He said, we're going to define that word out to help you. Are defined in Webster's Dictionary as this. Number one, contentious, always fighting, irritated. Blowing off in anger, always resisting, not peaceful, not even within themselves. Number two, scorn, S-C-R-O-N, means to reject 
or dismiss as contemptible or unworthy. I just dismiss what you're saying. I don't believe it. Two, to show disdain for, I don't like your beliefs. What you're saying, that's misinformation. Number three, it's open dislike for powerful or powerful disrespect for something. We got that going on right now. And it goes on all the time. Number four, indignation, a hatred for something or someone. That's what the word scorn means when you hate something or you get angry at a reporter or you laugh off things you've done that you know is wrong. You are an ungodly person. Verse number two. But the blessed spirit person is not like this. But his delight is in the law, the rules, the commandments, the statutes, the ordinances, the counsel of the Lord. Now, that's a true statement. Those who are ungodly are following another Lord. Mm -hmm. His name is usually Satan, the adversary of the king of King David. They serve him. And they follow his rules, which are adversary to God's laws. And in his law, does this blessed person does meditate and seek out to know and understand them. To study them, ponder over every day of his life and in the night. How many people, they might go to church once a week, make the sign of the cross, light a candle, go to prayer meetings. But they don't do this. They don't quietly sit and read the Bible for themselves. Mm -mm. They go and listen to sermons in Latin or another language or yelling and screaming. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't go at all. We're learning there is a difference between your thoughts, your concepts, your ideas of being blessed or ungodly. And the ungodly are scornful people. They don't like you if you're blessed or if you challenge them. You bring in another truth or you follow a higher law, a higher king than they follow. Oh, many a people have died over the thousands of years, not bowing to the Roman emperors or even to the popes or to the imams. But they followed a higher God, the God of King David. That's right. Many people were burned at the stake, torn apart. Because they believed in another God besides the old Pope mm -hmm. or the Catholic Church. People were killed if they even tried to read the Bible in their own language. Because the Catholic Church was not going to let that word get out. Who do you think was controlling the Catholic Church? 
That's right. The adversary, the true king of the ungodly, the scornful of the word of God. Verse number three. And he, this blessed person, which I'm asking you, is that you? Is blessed because of these deeds and thoughts towards the law of the Lord. You can have them up here and you just think them. You can act them out and your thoughts and your actions line up as one. That's called being integral, one. But some people have thoughts up here and they say something else. So they are in division. They have multiple personalities. They lie. They bewitch you with what they say when they have another plan and they're really supporting somebody else, a different Lord and King. God would call them ungodly. And he's saying these blessed people who follow and seek after the law and the ordinances and the statutes of the God and King of King David, they shall be like a mighty spiritual tree planted by the rivers of water that gives it life so that the tree brings forth its fruit in the tree's season for fruit. This tree is you. So what river are you planted by? Are you producing good fruit for others to eat and be blessed? Or ungodly, evil, wicked, poisonous fruit that when somebody eats it, they become like you. And you're actually killing them because they don't know any better. So there's two kinds of trees, a blessed tree with fruit and an ungodly tree with fruit. And he goes on and says, oh, you who are blessed and are a blessed person spiritually will also not die and wither. And what does that mean? That means even upon your earthly death, you ain't going to die and wither. You're going on up to King David's king and God. And even if you're strong and blessed, you can handle the storms, even if a fire comes. You might lose some fruit in one season, but you'll create some more. And it says, whatever you, this spiritual person, this tree of righteousness, by the river of life, you will be blessed. Fruit will continue to come from you. And you will be a prosperous spiritual tree for others. Verse number four. The young godly are not like this. But they're like the chaff of wheat. The outward shell of a seed, which the wind drives and blows away when it comes. The ungodly are not like a righteous tree planted solidly, producing fruit. No, they'll be blown away. 
Nobody will remember them. History will not be kind to them. They will have no work after they're dead. They will be written up as horrible in the history books. The ungodly. Is that you? Or are you blessed? Are your thoughts, your concepts, your principles, your ideas, the goals that you're trying to achieve, are they of this God of King David? Do you break laws to fulfill God's laws? Are you an ungodly person? And I want to leave that with you right there. We're going to pick up in 33, part two, next time, next week. And we're going to pick up in verse number five. We're going to get a little deeper into the ungodly. Because you need to know this is how God looks at you. Your thoughts, your ideas, your plans. Deep on the inside, your dreams, your vision, who you're serving, why you're serving it. You can get up and you can get in front of the microphone and lie and bewitch and get angry at us. Call us names. Get angry with us. But he knows what you're thinking. He knows why you're doing what you're doing. And he knows who you're serving. So I leave it here with you. Your word of encouragement is look at yourself. Look at your own thoughts. Are you going after the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the pride of life? Are you serving a scornful and ungodly king and lord named Satan? Do you work for him or do you work for the God of King David of the Bible? And I'm going to leave it right there with you with that question. If you find out that you have been serving an ungodly king, Satan, there is forgiveness for you. There is mercy, just like there was for King David over Bathsheba and Uriah. You come to his altar. You come to him and ask his forgiveness to kill that evil, wicked, ungodly stuff. Those ideas and thoughts and feelings in you. Destroy those idols and images and desire. Break you. Free you from serving Satan, the ungodly king on this world. He will forgive you. He is merciful. The old you must die. And a new child must be birthed. He will help you with that too. From a Hebrews 4.12, you'll come out of that cocoon of ungodliness, of lust of the eyes and lust of the flesh and the pride of life. And you will be born again, a child of righteousness, a blessed one. And that is how it works. Go watch that movie, David and Bathsheba, with Gregory Peck and Susan Hayward. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Learn about it. Learn about, are you blessed? Ask God. He will talk to you in your dreams. Come to me. Go to others. Tell them what you're doing. Why you're doing it. Tell them the truth about your payments. How you get paid off. Mm -hmm. Be truthful. And to yourself. And if you can't, God will help you. 
Mm -hmm. Some people are so much in the dark. There's so much veil of darkness and grossness and pulled over them. They don't want to believe anymore what the truth is. They are bound and determined to serve another God. Not the God of King David. Not the God who can bless you spiritually. They serve another. And they are getting blessed in the natural with power and authority and money and sex. And that will mean nothing to this God of King David. And you'll be judged by him on what you have thought, desired, the actions you've done or not done. All your deeds are written down, videotaped, tape recorded. The text messages, the emails of your mind, they are all there in books. When you come before him, after you earthly die, he will open them up and pronounce you guilty, ungodly. And you'll be given a chance to speak to the judge. But if you stand by what you did and believe it right, he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. And you'll be sent into outer darkness or maybe to the lake of fire, never to be heard of or known of again for all eternity. Or if you ask him to forgive you like King David did, all that evil wickedness is thrown away. But you must change. You must be honest and no longer deceitful. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do that and they go right back doing what they've been doing. It won't work. So ask yourself, are you a blessed person by this God of King David? Or are you ungodly and filled with scorn and disdain for others? In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. I'll see you next week in 33, part two of your words of encouragement. Bye.